You're listening to That Church Podcast with Justin Dean and Van Baird. Conversations about digital media and the church. Join our community online at thatchurch.community. This guy sort of needs no introduction. He's been um, in the chat saying hey to people. Um, but Stephen Brewster is kind of the epitome of the cool guy we all want to be uh, in the church world. Um, you know, we, we met briefly in the hallways of a Catalyst event here in Atlanta. And just him leaning up against the concrete wall made the concrete wall cooler. I mean, he was just that kind of vibe. And you know, the way that he loves on his team, we, if you're not following him, him on Snapchat, you should do that. Um, he shares a lot of good content, shares about his creative team, uh, shares about what Crosspoint's doing. And Crosspoint's got a great Snapchat feed, um, by the way. So we'll certainly talk to him about that some more. Um, but as we bring him on, this is going to be a little bit different than our past interviews. And that it is just going to be Q&A uh, based on what people have submitted um, and what they wanted to ask. But we're going to catch up with Stephen here a little bit. So, Justin, if you want to go ahead and bring him on um, sure. back on the screen. Um, but I'm excited about today. I hope you guys are as well. So maybe in three, two, one. There he is. Hey, buddy. Oh, unmute. There he goes. What's up? How are you? Do I get to do the, the, the poll again? Do I get to do it for a second time? You're out. No. No. no you don't, yeah, you don't count. My favorite <laughs> question is number five, and yeah. the correct answer is B. <laughs> we might have to end the poll we'll share the results later but it'll, it will be interesting you, you are the guy behind pastorfashion.com right <laughs> oh my gosh ouch no. how's things um, in Nash Vegas buddy awesome man it's awesome Nashville's amazing yeah, it is. a little overcast today but but overall we're loving it good good so um, I don't know if you remember that little quick meeting in the hallway at Catalyst, but it was life changing for me, man. I mean, just I was the, not making the wall cool. I promise you, I'm a, I'm a major dork. <laughs> nah, dude. Uh, so um, I can't tell you, we've had a lot of guests at this point. We've had all the speakers. I think um, Brady will round that out next week. Brady Shear. Okay. Um, but um, this one, by far, when we said, "Hey, what questions do you do you have?" Boom. I mean, people were like, "Ask him this. Ask him this. I hope he answers this." So um, you kind of got the corner on just, you know, yeah, it should be. We want you to sweat a little bit. You know, we get the best out of you. (laughs) So, you know, we actually, um, with all of our speakers that come on, we send a little, you know, spreadsheet questionnaire, you know, what are you working on? And and that's been a couple of months ago um, because a while. while. So catch us up. Like what's going new? You guys are opening campuses there. Things are going good. But what's going good for Crosspoint? What's going good for Stephen right now? Oh, um, I mean, Crosspoint's amazing. It's super fun. We, uh, you know, we're a multi-site church in Nashville, and we have um, seven locations. Uh, We just opened a permanent facility in Dixon, which we've been in a school for eight years. Dixon was the first location that we ever launched, and it was eight and a half years ago, and we opened up a facility there this past weekend. So, our team's focus has been really there. Uh, we're launch, we launched a campus in Mount Juliet, which is about 20 minutes um, east of here and uh, of our Nashville broadcast location. Um, 
we launched that about six to nine months ago, and okay. they'll move into their building in fall. Okay. Um, and then we got kids camp and summer camp, and um, we're we're about to do um, FPU as a church. So take our whole church through FPU at one time. So right. all kinds of fun stuff, man. Just just having a good time and uh, running with a, a fun team full of crazy, crazy, crazy people. And yeah, it's awesome. And for those of you listening that don't know it, he's saying FPU, which stands for Financial Peace University. I'm assuming. And the day Ramsey um, stuff, no. Yeah, no, it is, but okay. I just realized what that could have been. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. We highly recommend FPU for Great. financial peace. Great. Um, yeah. So with all that's going on, bring us up to speed. How many people are you responsible for week in and week out? So like on staff or volunteers or how to – Let's start with staff and then because we'll, we're going to do the whole thing with volunteers, but – yeah, cool. So um, there's uh, there's about 19 people on our team currently, okay. um, uh, on the creative team. Right. And then I actually sit on the, our executive team as well. So our whole staff is 74. Okay. All right. And so does all the expansion sites fall under y'all, or do you, does each campus have their own team? No, we do. We we have creative basically creative Sundays and programming. All that stuff is extremely centralized. Okay. So all of all the locations we fight and work and strive to make them all feel very consistent. So we our team's responsible for those. Okay, that's a yeah. lot of work. Holy it cow! Is. It is. You guys, so, y'all play hard. Pretty y'all play hard too, though. Well, we work do. hard, play hard. Yeah, yeah. A good time. And uh, our team is um, is really super close. And uh, you know, I I'm I've really. Um, I really believe in building a, a team that's a family. Yeah. And so uh, we invest a lot of time on culture. We spend a lot of time on chemistry. Um, of the 19 people on our team, 17 of them have come from internal hires, um, which makes the whole process a lot easier. And, <laughs> you know, when you, when you do ministry with somebody without a paycheck, it makes getting a paycheck a whole lot easier and it makes the, the transition a whole lot better. So. Yeah, so what you're speaking to is you have people that volunteer internally Correct. and then you kind of grow them up organically to bring them on as a staff. Pipeline. We, we talk a lot about leadership pipeline and what it means to, to identify some young talent and, and hopefully develop it and spend time with them and, and grow them into uh, the plans that God has for their life. So That's so great. Yeah, we do it very similarly in the North Point campuses as well, and I don't think we've ever seen a job posting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it makes a difference. It does. Huge difference. Hey, so we're going to transition into the volunteers, but anytime I can get anybody encouraged to at least open up Snapchat, maybe not create and post content, can you spend two minutes talking about why people in the church should at least have a Snapchat account? Yes. I mean, only two minutes. Um, yeah, we got to get into the other volunteer stuff because that's not why people tuned in. But Yeah, so Snapchat, if you're not on Snapchat, um, I, it's interesting. I've never seen a platform that is so polarizing, right? Yeah, yeah. So like when Facebook came out, nobody was like freaking out. <laughs> you know? Instagram, people weren't like, oh my God, I'm going to have to see pictures of people's food. But um, <laughs> because Snapchat's connotation of like everyone has to take their clothes off to use it, it it's created this like barrier. And what's yeah. interesting is 
as as church communications people, mm-hmm. we should be looking for every medium possible to tell the best stories that we can. Yeah. And um, there's not a natural storytelling platform that's better than Snapchat. It's basically like producing live television yeah. all day, every day. Yeah. And uh, um, so I, I don't like – I understand why people are like, Oh, I don't know. It's good. Right. It's going to cause a problem, but it's gone so much farther than, um, than just disappearing messages. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not even a third of the power of the tool. Right. The real power of the tool is, is communicating, communicating personality, removing barrier, allowing yeah. people to uh, see behind the scenes and see what the real life of church and ministry and all that looks like. And at some point, the discovery section is going to become open source. And when it does, if you do not have your, uh, your base already built, you're going to be way behind the wave. And, and, and discovery on Snapchat is possibly the best storytelling platform I've ever seen. I love it. I love it. I didn't check today. Do they have uh, the X-Men discovery story out? I've sat today, but I haven't looked at Discovery today. Okay. So, yeah, and then even if you just get on there and listen as a church for a while and just see yeah. what other people are posting. But well, um, Great church is doing a really, really good job, too. So. And y'all are Crosspoint underscore TV on Snapchat? Crosspoint underscore TV is the yeah. church. Yep. Okay. And then right, my personal is B underscore R-E-W-S-T-E-R, just like everywhere else. All right. Well, thanks for making us look cool and talking like we know what we're doing on Snapchat. That's good. Uh, That's good. Yeah, real good job. Okay, so we're going to transition. Hey, before we do, Justin, can you kind of go over the Q&A and the, the chat and all that one more time before we get started? Sure. So down at the bottom, you may have to hover your, your mouse over the bottom of the video, uh, but it should pop up. There should be a chat feature. Uh, we close the poll. We'll go over those results here in a minute. And there's a Q&A button you can hit, too, and actually ask a question, too, if you haven't already in the Facebook group. And we'll get to those at the end. And uh, you can in the chat, you can click and raise your hand. And that will actually alert us later to say you want to come on video and actually ask your question. So we'll get to those at the end. Yeah. Good deal. Hey, so, all right. So we're going to jump into developing volunteers on your team. Um, And this could hopefully cross over, not just from a creative team standpoint, but, you know, to anybody that leads volunteers. So before we get to the questions that people submitted, can you just kind of talk through y'all's volunteer process, how you find them and what the onboarding process is? Yeah. So, actually I think the volunteer is a lot like social media. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's a stretch I know, but the, the way, the reason I feel that way is because it's not a one size fits all approach. Right. right? You've got to have multiple on ramps and multiple platforms for people to find the place where they're going to plug in and, and, and become useful. Every person that I, I, I believe, and we talk about this as a, as an executive team all the time, every person is looking for purpose and community, right? And so as a church, we kind of, that's kind of what we do is provide purpose and community. And so purpose looks like opportunities to serve. And then hopefully as we're developing those opportunities to serve, it's creating natural community inside of those teams. Hmm. So um, we do an event um, every six weeks called Connecting Across Point the name's about to change, but if if you've been in church for the last six weeks, you come to that, it's a dinner, 
you know, we do it all locations on the same night. I would guess that there's probably about 600 people at total, all campuses combined. And at the end of that, we're asking people, Hey, do you want to step up and serve and and start to find purpose? Um, That's one way. Then on, we do a music team interest meeting um, once a month, which is an expectation setting meeting. Um, We do a, um, about once every 18 to 24 months, we'll do a thing called creative 300 where we'll do a campaign on a Sunday to, if you want to do anything creative, you fill out a card, turn it in. We're going to follow up within 24 hours, blah, 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 blah. But the most effective way is to have a volunteer invest in that volunteer and then get that volunteer to invite another one of their friends to come and volunteer with them. Got it. And that's, that's by far the most effective way possible. That's the stickiest that has the most, uh, it, it transcends the deepest. It creates the most effective um, volunteers. And so, yeah. I mean, the, the, ultimately, you're always looking for leaders. You're always right. looking for people that you can pour into, spend time with, develop. And then hopefully, as a leader, when we do that, it becomes contagious and they find somebody. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah, the the investing in by and having those relationships. I mean, that's you know, that's you mentioned social media. I mean, that's pretty much how you can grow your social media is to have relationships online and connecting people where they are. So it's not that different, you know, face to face and growing it that way. So you can break the myth and, and declare here for everybody: y'all do not pay people to volunteer. <laughs> we pay them with vision. <laughs> a lot of yeah, vision. yeah, yeah. We pay them with vision every single Sunday. Yeah. So, what does that look like? we're answering the question why and we're telling stories all the time. Okay. All the time. Every huddle, every opportunity that we have, we're sh- telling people what God's doing through our church um, in our community. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I don't know if you study story brand very much or not, but Donald Miller and his team have done an amazing job of creating um, a roadmap. And a lot of times churches become the, uh, the hero, but the truth is we're the guide right. and our attendees, the hero and our job is to, to lead them to the, to their next place and their best place. Right. So that's what we're trying to do all the time. Okay. We're trying to, to take somebody by the hand and walk them to the next, the next step in their faith journey. Yeah. So, you know, I, can, I know our audience and, you know, for people listening or they're going to watch this later, listen to this later, they're going, man, I'm in a small church. We don't kind of, we don't cast that kind of vision. I would love to, but leadership. So, I mean, how do you guys walk, how do you, how do you counsel other people in your position to like, you know, still, still cast that vision and and own it. And when it's maybe not, you know, from the top down, like it is at Crosspoint. Yeah. So that's actually a better opportunity. I mean, what do you mean? Well, I have, Pete Wilson, who's one of the most prolific communicators in the world, casting vision, that puts a lot of pressure on me to be really good at casting vision. If, mm. if I worked for a pastor who wasn't good at, or consistent at casting vision, and I started casting vision, all of a sudden I become the magnet. Mm. Everyone wants to volunteer on my team. Everyone wants to serve with me because I'm giving them purpose. I'm giving them a reason. I'm mm. telling them why it matters. And if everybody else is not doing that, and I am, all of a sudden now – the whole church is volunteering on the on the pr- uh, production team, and nobody's sitting in the pew, which is great. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of times in life, 
unfortunately, a lot of times we're looking for an excuse. We're looking for a reason. We're looking for a, a, a why that doesn't apply to me or how it can't apply to me. But the truth is, give people vision, share the hope, share the love of Christ, share what God's doing in the kingdom, or what you see him doing in this team in the future, even if it hasn't happened yet. If it's tomorrow, if it's next week, what we can accomplish. Sometimes you've got to sell something that isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. But if you sell something that isn't there, you better be ready to lead people to where it is. Right. Or else that's pretty, em- that's you know. pretty empowering, like to that person that's sitting there wondering about leadership and how they can. Be so, the leader you wish you had. If you yeah. don't have a good leader, be that leader. Yeah, that's great. And that's, and it, you know, that can change the whole dynamic of a church, you know, if, if it's just it's that one person. So yeah. very empowering, very empowering. Okay, well, um, you know, we're going to jump into some of these questions, and there's not a ton of particular order because so many people did have some really, really great questions. Um, but I think you've already touched on this, but this came um, from Megan Ranson from our Facebook Church Communications group. She said, how do you keep them, the volunteers, engaged if their role is more on an individual basis rather than a team experience? Yep, so we create team experiences for them. So, In what way? Um, so three or four times a year we'll do a big party for all of our volunteers just to appreciate them. And then um, individual disciplines do do monthly or every six weeks, they'll do something together where we gather people up and make sure that we're creating community for them. Okay. And we're gonna build that team chemistry, whether it's an individual thing or not. So social media, our social media volunteer team, I think Chelsea has about six people on that team currently. Okay. And um, they'll come and have lunch in the, after church once every month. And in that moment, that's where she's going to vision cast and talk about what's happening. Um, our design team works very individually too. We have one designer on staff and um, Sarah does a great job. She does lunch and learns about every six weeks where she has somebody come in and speak and it brings all those volunteers together at lunchtime. And it, it's just, it, you know, you create the atmosphere that you want to see repeated. Yeah. So that's was Megan's follow up. You know, how do you how do you show them appreciation, you know, without throwing them gift cards? But that's really it. It's just the the intentionality behind investing in the relationship yeah. and time. They want time. They the time is uh, gift cards are great. And we use yeah. gift cards as well. Uh, but what they really want is some time. They want to they want to know that they're appreciated. Yeah. And, and, and in the creative world, more so than anywhere, because unfortunately we have this unhealthy balance of our identity with the stuff that we make and that's natural of every artist who ever makes anything and so you the 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 value threshold goes so much higher right and so you've got to invest time in people so that they feel that value and that keeps that gas going yeah it seems so easy it's not all these other influences and schedules and meetings and yeah, yeah. You, you prioritize what's important and yeah. and when you're on a team like ours, we're we're scrappy. I mean, people look at Crosspoint and think, you know, I don't know what they think. Probably that we're crazy, but <laughs> but we're we're duct tape and zip ties everywhere, and so yeah. we were really really scrappy. Like That's I started awesome. here six years ago, our team was three full time, one part time person. And, and, and we've grown, wow. but it's all volunteer. Every weekend we have six different bands, uh, six different worship leaders, six different band directors, six different production teams. Wow. 
It, it's 95% volunteer based. Wow. That's great. It's cool to hear you say that it's kind of scrappy because you don't give off that impression at all from the outside of what we see online, at least. It's very well, cool. Smoke and mirrors, my friend. Right. Right. <laughs> We're scrappy. Well, I, we are scrappy. We are, are gritty. And, and, and that's part of our culture. That's part of our DNA. Like we, yeah. we actually thrive on that. So, yeah, that's cool. It helps you to have to be creative in, in some areas. And, and wow. the thing is, is when, when, you know, that also breeds uh, an environment where people sometimes can maybe get a little bit tired or, or get tired a little faster. And sure. so what we talk about as a team all the time is um, we get to do this. We don't have to do this. And we get to do ministry. It's a privilege to do ministry. Pressure is a privilege. Opportunity is a privilege. And the things that we are complaining about today, there are other churches praying they have those problems someday. And so when you change your perception on that and you change your focus on that a little bit, and you understand that we get to do this ministry, all of a sudden, man. It's yeah. Time. Yeah. Well, uh, Wes uh, is a good friend here in the – uh, Facebook group, he asked to, how do you gracefully release someone to serve in another ministry area or even release them from being a volunteer if they're just not working out? Have you ever had to deal with that? Um, no, we've never fired a volunteer. Ever. Really? Really? That's surprising. <laughs> All the time. Uh, okay, so um, hopefully along the way, we have set some very clear expectations of what needs to be met. Yeah. And um, we're having those hard conversations and we're not creating policies to try to please people. We're, we're actually like investing in the relationships. Mm -hmm. And I would say that six to seven out of 10 times, by the time you get to the place where you have to release somebody, they kind of already know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Now then there's those, those three people that are very unself-aware. Um, and then you have to redirect them towards something that's going to feed their passions a little bit better and probably place them in a position that they can win. And my friend, Lori Wilhite from Central, she made this comment and it, it haunts me. Everyone loves you until you lead. Hmm. And sometimes you just got to step in and lead and, and, and be a leader and, and have a hard conversation and say, hey, this isn't working out for us because of X, Y, and Z, or it's, it's preventing us from creating the type of environment that's going to help someone connect to Christ or whatever the reason is. But we're also going to, we, we love you as a person and we love what you do and, and, and the fact that you're willing to serve. And so either we're going to coach you through this, or we have this other opportunity that we would like to redirect you towards to help us accomplish what we're all here to try to do. Awesome. And inevitably, you're going to lose two of the three. Yeah. Right, right. And that's unfortunate, but a life. Yeah, yeah, and totally. Kind of a follow-up to that, and one of our um, favorite viewers, she's like on all of our chats, and she's great on Twitter and, uh, and active in our community, Betty. Something mm -hmm. they are. I, just, I don't know if that's how you say her last name, but that's just what it looks like. Just, yeah, just say it quick and with confidence. Something they are. Um, Betty said, how do you encourage accountability and commitment when someone feels their contribution is – air quotes, not used or not seen. Um, okay. So where I've run into that the most is in like 
creation or ideation or brainstorming. Okay. And so um, we set the expectation in creative meetings, like, Hey, we might not use your idea, but your idea might be the catalyst for the idea that we're going to use. So don't hold back, share your idea because you might be the log that starts the fire. Right. That's the first space. Now, if it's in another space, like a production space, there's probably a reason why you're not using, I, I, there's not a lot of opportunities for a volunteer to volunteer where we don't use what they do. So if we're using, if we're not using something a volunteer is doing, it's probably not very good. So that creates the opportunity for us to lean in and coach and improve and develop and do what leaders do, uh, which is dig in and, and try to help make it better. Okay. So take us back three years when you, you had four people on staff and you're trying to develop, cause I'm just, I always want to try to take it back down the funnel a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, how do you coach people? I mean, I don't, are we just going to fall back onto it's the priority thing? Or, I mean, that's, that sounds great. But obviously, people outside looking in are going, oh, well, you got the resources, you got the people. How do you, how do you bring somebody along in a smaller setting? And again, you know, it's just, it's just different. I, yeah. So I actually probably maybe disagree a little bit because yeah. I think in a smaller setting, you actually have better attention, hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if I have 15 volunteers, I can actually go have coffee with all of them over the course of a month. Right. We have 300 volunteers. We don't even know all their names. Right. And so how do you like, like, <laughs> good point. Yeah. I think that a lot of times we look at resources or size or volume and think that it changes the scale. The truth right. is it doesn't change the scale. What, what changes is the level of depth that your leadership gets to go, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you have 15 volunteers, then of that 15, four of them are really, really good. Invest a lot of time in those four. Yeah. Let them become the evangelists to the next seven. Yeah. And then the last three aren't going to ever come along anyway. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah. Derek, no, I, Stevens, Derek Stevens talked about that. He was talking to Kerry Newhoff on his podcast and how, you know, when they first started, he could, he could glad hand everybody on the way out the door. He could go grab coffee whenever. And as they grow, there's this disconnect where people still expect that because they had it in the good old days. And now that you're growing, it gets harder actually to do that. So that's a pretty big misconception, I think, as that, churches grow. Which is why you got to find those, those, handful of core high capacity bought in volunteers that you can reproduce yourself through so that your team can scale up. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, one person doesn't scale up. Right. But I like, so I, I, we started off with three and a half people on our team. So right now I only manage four people and they manage the rest because I'm investing is all, all of my time, energy, literally when we hang up from this call, I'm having lunch with those four guys. Right. I'm pour into them leadership, leadership, vision, purpose, why, how, and I'm developing those four guys so that they have the ability to reach the 300. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, and I can speak to that just in the, in the, maybe it's a similar setup in the North Point circles. You have people that are on staff that we have volunteers that have a greater responsibility. We call them coaches. Yeah. It's coaches then, go down another level to the in-room volunteers. So if this is like in a nursery setting or, you know, we, we have our nursery called Wamba, we have 
um, the elementary upstream. school, upstream, and then it goes on and on. But, but that model exists in every ministry area from a student standpoint. And so it's, it alleviates, you know, having to hit one person be responsible for 300 people. Right. Totally. Yeah, I, I love that model. I mean, we, you know, we know our coach, we know the small team that we serve on, but we're one of 500 volunteers on a Sunday. And, you know, our lead pastor doesn't know everybody's name. I don't know anybody outside of my, my team, really, that serves, but we still feel connected and, and loved on and we're checked in with every week and we get emails every week from them. And, they do the same thing where it's once a month, everyone comes together for a big celebration and we all just feel very loved by that because a lot goes into it. It's, it's a good model to, to have some structure as you go down. Totally. And it comes back to purpose and community. Yeah. That, that small team is your community. Yep. And every week that you serve, you're getting purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. And just remind it over and over. It's like preaching the gospel to yourself over and over each week and that's i think that's the primary role of the the coaches um, hey i know you got another question but i just want to tell everybody real quick we're, we're going to move into the q a section where we're going to bring you on screen if you have a question for steven mm -hmm. so make sure you use that q a function submit your question and then raise your hand um, if you want to come on screen otherwise we'll just run that by steven cool well, I, I did want to maybe you know maybe this can be our last question before we go into the live q a but yeah. uh, joey riggins uh, kind of touched on this too, and, and I'm curious too, just because we had a, a pretty elaborate process at Mars Hill for this. But what does the like creative process look like for you guys? Let's use uh, planning a sermon series, for example. Like, can you just briefly? I know a lot probably goes into that, but what, like from beginning to end, is that all volunteers brought into one big meeting? Is it executives decide and then kind of push down directives, or how does it look like for you guys? That's great. That's a great question. So. Um, about once a year, we'll sit down a handful of us with Pete and we'll kind of look at the calendar and we'll block like a series on faith, a series on relationships, a series on generosity, whatever the, the, the subjects that he feels like God's leading him to, or that we feel like, uh, are current and cultural to our, to our community. Um, so we do that once a year. Then we work a series out at a time. So if yesterday is Sunday, then, and we launch the series, the next day we do a creative meeting for the next series that's coming up. Okay. Um, and we'll go into that meeting knowing theme, topic, and maybe a couple scripture verses in weeks. Okay. Pete's a week of communicator, so we don't have a ton of information usually. Okay. Uh, that creative meeting is about 30 to 40 people. It's volunteers, it's staff, it's different departments. It's, it's fun. It's high energy. It's extremely intentional. We plan it out like crazy. Um, and we're trying to, to leave there with some good fire starters. That's on Monday. On Wednesday of that week, we will have an editing meeting where we, where four of us sit down and edit that down to three or four pitches on Thursday, we'll email Pete those pitches. He'll come back the next Tuesday and um, tell us what, uh, which one he connected with the most. And for us, that's the most important thing. If he's not, he could have the coolest idea in the world. If he's connected to it, it's going to be ridiculously awesome. He could have the dorkiest idea in the world. If he's connected with it, it's going to be awesome. Uh -huh. We could bring him a really cool idea. If he doesn't connect with it, it's going to suck. Yeah. Right. So for us, it's all about setting him up to win. Yeah. 
by the by the middle of the next week we kind of know where we're going and at that point we're moving into production mode and graphic designers and video people and everybody starts doing the, their thing yeah. about eight days nine days worth of that and then we go into to promotion mode gotcha hey justin let's let's hold ourselves to this let's get this transcribed when we're done yeah. and let's uh, actually get that in long form post and let yeah. it spelled out so uh, you know if people are listening to this on the podcast later just know if you go back to our website we'll have that what he's those steps he just went through written out for you for you to download. Totally. And if we never get around to doing that, we'll just edit this part out of the video. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> or they can just email me and I can send it. Oh, fine. Oh, the man. Actually, if you man. could just email that us to us, that'd be great. <laughs> hey, so we're having a little bit of just production technical difficulties. So Justin's going to actually have to wrap up um, the live recording and enter into the Q and A because I can't see any of the questions or anything like that on my end. So maybe we don't even have questions coming in. Um, no, might, we've got one. We've got, got one, one uh, from uh, okay. Mr. Coffrin at Life. How do we have one? There's 19 people. I mean, I you guys, Snapchat. I mean, I've seen his bill. Stephen charges thousands of dollars an hour. I mean, he's yeah. just doing this. If I did, I wish that I would. <laughs> Uh, Joey Nike for sure, not Yeezys. I love yeah. that. Joey. I'm not going to Adidas. No. Your sneaker game, man, is is pretty strong. I gotta give pretty you strong. that. You're kind. So, of, I uh, I'm 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 about it on that on that Nike life. Yeah, you are. Nice. Thanks for listening to the show. For more resources and collaboration with other church practitioners, join our online community at thatchurch.community. It's a place for the church communications community to share and collaborate online. And when you join, you'll get access to tons of training resources, including videos from all of our conferences and workshops. Visit thatchurch.community today.